Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to have you back. <clears throat> it's been a while since we've had our, our get-together on Wednesday. It was the last two weeks with the boys' boot camp all week, and then the following week with the uh, girls' jump rope camp. So this is, uh, this is something we haven't done in a while. If you remember, we left off in Acts chapter 12. Today we'll pick up on Acts 13, and just a short um, challenge in our series, and so we pray. We've been looking at some of the things in Acts that remind us and encourage and motivate us to pray. And uh, the last thing that we saw in Acts chapter 12 was um, Herod's attack on the church, <coughs> on leaders in the church. He had taken um, James and he had put him to death. And he took Peter also and, and arrested him. Um, but God did step in, intervene. We asked the question, why for Peter and not for James? And we, we just cite God's sovereignty and his, his will in doing as he pleases. <clears throat> Remember what Jesus said to Peter um, in John chapter 21, that Peter, in fact, was going to give his life for the Lord. Um, and, and that... Uh, and so Peter asked, well, what about John? And, and he said, well, don't worry about him. If it's my will for him to continue until I return, that's, that's my business. <laughs> and he just reminded Peter that, hey, um, it's God's um, plan and God's will that carries on. But then at the end of chapter 12, we saw that um, Herod was, um, <clears throat> I want to say disciplined by God, but uh, I guess that is discipline. It's the most severe uh, point of discipline. God took him out um, because of, of his abuse against his people and because of his arrogance and his pride. He gave a, a speech, and uh, people praised him for that, and they said he failed to, to give glory to God. He failed to, to recognize God. He, he, he puffed himself up, and and uh, it said immediately he was struck and he died. And so we see, um, kind of reminds me of what we see in Revelation, that um, all through the Psalms, we hear the psalmist saying, Lord, basically saying this, Lord, when will you avenge your people? When will we see true justice? And we ask that question sometimes. The world's gone crazy. Is God in control? His answer is yes, he is in control. And he will uh, <coughs> protect, he will take the cause of his people and fight for them and, and uh, set uh, uh, injustice or, or he'll set uh, sin in his proper place and he will uh, hold up his people. But he'll do that in his time. Until then, we, we just continue to, uh, to um, obey him and live by his grace. In Acts chapter 13 now, we come to a, a situation that shows us the expanse of the gospel, how the gospel is going out, and it's God's plan to have that gospel going out. So we're going to look at the first couple verses. Uh, actually, the first 12 verses is, is the uh, part we want to look at. Today we may only get to the first three or four verses, but um, <clears throat> let me read first verses 1 through 3 in Acts 13. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers... Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and set them off, and sent them off. Um, I want you to notice in Acts chapter 12, verse 24, look at that verse. But the word of God increased and multiplied. So God was doing things, and we see his word continue to go out and grow. And then we see the believers that were there at Antioch and how they were busy, they were serving the Lord, and they were worshiping, and God, the Holy Spirit, it says, called out certain people. <clears throat> um, we see how God is working in this situation. He has a plan. He wants his gospel to go out, and he has people for the task that he, uh, that he has assigned them for, and he puts them on that task, and he sends them out. We also see God's people's um, participation in this. Um, it says that, <clears throat> verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That's the Holy Spirit saying, this is the work I want these individuals to do, and I'm sending them out. But notice the church's participation in that in the next verse. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I take the they to be the collective they. The whole group of believers there um, joined in in cooperation with what the Holy Spirit was saying and in agreement laid hands on these men and sent them out. You would ask the question, why do men, or why does the church have to send out when the Holy Spirit already said, set them apart, and let them go. We see the, the joint action of, of both. We see the Holy Spirit directing, and basically the church saying amen to what the Holy Spirit is, is doing. It's important for us to say amen to what the Holy Spirit is doing. When God calls an individual for work, it's important for us to, to verify that, and that's what they did in fasting and praying, and then to show agreement with that. We shouldn't be distant from that. We shouldn't be, I don't know about that person. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, uh, encourage them or I'm not going to uh, um, uh, be, uh, uh, support what they're doing. We need to support what the Holy Spirit is telling, uh, telling us to do. Now, how will you know what the Holy Spirit is telling individuals to do? The Holy Spirit is saying, these individuals I'm sending, sending for this activity or for this task. How do you know that the Holy Spirit is doing that? Well, he will witness and give evidence. And, and they made every attempt to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying. How did they do that? By fasting and praying, by searching God's will. And so that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit speaking to one group, he's also going to speak to the other group. I remember as a young man being asked a question, how do you know, uh, tell us about your call into the ministry. And that word call had always, always been like this, you know, was I supposed to see some vision in the night or, or, or what exactly happened? Um, and, and sometimes it's hard for us to explain what it is that God's doing. But I was sure that God was, was leading and guiding me. I didn't know the specifics, what he wanted me to do, when he wanted me to do, and who he wanted me to do it with. I didn't know all those details. Those will come as I listen more to him. 
But also what he did is he set some people in the church that could verify. And as they were close to the Lord, they were able to say, yes, God is calling you. Yes, we, we, uh, um, we say amen to what the Lord is doing. In other words, he's speaking to them and to me as well. Um, and then personally, my wife was part of that. God would speak to me and I would talk with her and she would say, yeah, I see what God is doing. And that was a, a real encouragement to me to, 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 to see and have that verification come from someone else or several other people and for it to be in agreement in the same way. I was talking to my dad this week and we were just talking about how um, so many individuals rush into the ministry and they're not even qualified scripturally. You look at 1 Timothy 3 and, and see some of the qualifications God has set for the ministry. Um, and what they have done is they take their zeal and their passion to do something and they take that as God's will. The question is, have you verified that? If the Holy Spirit spoke to you, has he spoken to someone else in the church? And that's, that's the process that the church does to say amen to that. And the church needs to, same way we do in our lives, how do you know the, the will of God? Well, not only internally is he speaking to you, but what he speaks is in agreement with his word. It's in accord with his word. And if we spend the time to get to, to, to hear from him, and that's the time they spent fasting and praying, we spend that time to do that, he will give us that verification. We need to take heed when that verification doesn't come. I've had to talk to a number of men, and I've had to tell them, look, I don't think that God has called you, and let me tell you why. And it's not just, oh, I had a dream, or it doesn't feel right deep in my spirit. It was, look, the, the, the word of God says this about specific qualifications. Are you leading your family well? Have you been a, a, a witness? Do you have a proper testimony out in the world? And that, that's straight from 1 Timothy chapter 3. And so when I've challenged them on that, they try to make excuses. Well, yeah, everybody makes mistakes and this and that. But what does the word of God say? And what do the people of God say in agreement with the word of God and in agreement with the Holy Spirit? So I think we see a very important um, activity in the church. So let me say this. Let me tie this into prayer. I've called this series, And So They Prayed, right? You need to be praying for God's direction in this church. You need to be praying for God's leaders in this church. You need to pray for me. I don't say that uh, because I'm selfish. I'm saying that because I need your prayers, and I want to be doing what, what God says, and I want us in agreement with that. You need to be praying for Brian. You need to be praying for young men who, who God has called in, in the ministry, and you need to put your stamp of approval on what God is doing. There are several per people in a church who, who uh, may not have liked my personality, uh, but that has, you know, yeah, I need to grow in some areas and I need to develop, but that has nothing to do with whether or not God has put his stamp of approval and you need to verify and be in agreement with that. And so uh, we need to be clear in that. We need to be close to the Lord and listening to him and laying hands on those to whom God has, in other words, being in agreement, being in support of those who God has called in the ministry. Later on, you see, um, Paul cautioned Timothy, don't be quick to lay hands on people. That's a, that's a clear caution. 
Don't lay hands suddenly. Make sure that they are, are verified. Make sure that they're in agreement with the word of God. And so, um, and so they pray. We need to pray. Pray for God's direction. Um, pray for, um, for our responding to God and look for that agreement of what God is speaking and how he's verifying that through his people. All right. Paul, last time we went through Ezekiel, we were in chapter 33. And one of the verses that really hit me was verse 3. You are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear what you say, but they will not do it. And that was the commentary of the people on the prophet, right? Ezekiel was different than maybe we might want to think about think about it right a lot of times they hear a good preacher and they don't want to hear it because they don't want to hear the truth maybe they just appreciate the beauty of what's said but at the end of the day they didn't want to do it get into chapter 34 this is what we'll meditate on today the word of the Lord came to me son of man prophesy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherd of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not keep the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and not fed my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. That's a bash. doesn't come in by the door as a thief and a robber. And Jesus, in my opinion, is building on what the prophets have said about these bad shepherds. What is a shepherd? Well, a shepherd is always used in the Bible as a symbol of spiritual leadership, right? Don't know what to do. We're just like sheep. If we didn't have a protector, what wolves would have a hard time dealing with some sheep, right? What lions would have any struggle with a flock? Devil's name. I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Well, you don't really have the power to be doing all that. You really need to be careful. A sheep should not be baring his teeth at lions. But a discouraging thought, but it's this. There are lots of spiritual leaders and way more spiritual leaders that are bad than there are that are good. And it's always been that way. We look at the many of the churches, and of it is, 
when I read the passage, and maybe it's not in your mind, but when I read the passage, every time that I see the my of God saying my harder than he says anything else, right? He says, well, you did this to my sheep. And I think one of the temptations that we as spiritual leaders have is we start thinking of the people as our people. But whose people are they? So give account to. All of us will give account how we treat each other. This passage, the whole passage is going to talk about, if you look at all chapter 34, it's going to talk about the shepherd to the sheep. It's going to talk about sheep to sheep, which we don't talk about a lot, right? Sheep to sheep. It's going to talk about dad who really loves the sheep. And when you have a good shepherd, it's a shame when that's not fully respected or not fully um, valued. When you know there's so many bad out there. So let's push people because we want to push people into the church. Not All over TV and that he had been ministering to men at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission and he was saved. So one would assume that if he was saved, his whole family was, but come to find out his wife and his children were not saved. Look at why, you know, the, the old question is, why do bad things happen to good people? We don't know what God's plan is for, for this man, but one thing that struck me about Officer Mahowski, he was a believer, and city of Milwaukee TV stations put him on TV giving his testimony which was so amazing because you know how I don't know and we don't know why God does what he does but it was said that this man even arrested people and prayed for them he was a mighty warrior for God and God called him home but oftentimes God's plan is maybe God's plan is to save some police officer that knew this man and knew his tat even though it was sadness it was solemnness it was it seems like it was no sadness to the point of real grief like you would see for unbelievers people jumping in the grave and everything we know this man was a man of god so i want to say that that uh the death of officer mahowski will cause many to be called to god that his family will be called and that uh, our own police officer, Jeremy, that we continually pray for him. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, a wicked world. I understand and this man would even pray for the perpetrator that shot him. And it just shows you how powerful God is when he can take the death of a believer and turn it into something that glorifies him. Pray. Uh, for God's working through the death of Officer Mahowski. And then I'll just end us up praying for our city, our city leaders. The only thing that's stopping just total, believers are the only thing stopping just total chaos in the streets of Milwaukee. And it's pretty close to it now. We're going to have uh, more of an impact as we, as we deal with people. And we have a connection to the Milwaukee Rescue Mission. And the men there, they all by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven 
and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to, to stand in the, in the gap, Lord. Already come back, less for your grace, Lord. And so we pray as believers, Lord, that we will humble ourselves, that we will not be haughty, that we will live a life pleasing to you, turn from our wicked ways, that we might be able to say, Thus saith the Lord, and that you will heal our land, Lord, and our city. It's full of wickedness, Lord, and the world is just so full of wickedness. And it seems like day by day we're marginalized, we're brought low, we're seem to be, the, we know that we are the minority, Lord, yet we represent Almighty God, and we just ask your mercy, your grace on this city, on our lives, Lord. Let our lives be a testimony to who you are, that we might be able to say, Thus saith the Lord, and that we might not cower because of our lives being torn up. So we pray, Lord, for this city. We pray that you might raise up men and women of God in leadership positions in this city, Lord, that they might call out wickedness where they see it and not condone it, not uh, glorify the, the perpetrators and saying that they were good and when, when their records just say the opposite, Lord. So let us not be blinded by that. Let us continually say, thus saith the Lord, and empower us, Lord, to, to stand for who you are and what you represent, that we might call men and women and boys and girls to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Take prayer requests.